He looked at the photographs, all expensively framed in silver, which took up part of the wide surface of the desk. The one the Baron had recognized was still in the front row, but pride of place was held by a portrait photo of a beautiful Asian woman with a small child in her arms. Another photo of the woman showed her arm in arm with a much younger Hercule. Yet another showed her sitting in the middle of a row of young Asian girls, all wearing the tabard, the traditional French school uniform. There were more photos of young Hercule in army camouflage, one of him in a jeep wearing the shoulder bars of a captain and looking up at a cluster of parachutes dropping from the sky. An MAS-38 machine pistol was balanced across his knee. Bruno thought he recognized the event from other photos of the same scene. It was the relief of Dien Bien Phu, when the Foreign Legion paratroops were dropped in to reinforce the doomed French outpost, whose defeat heralded the end of France's empire in Indochina. In an adjacent photo, this time in Algeria, from the look of the buildings, he was surrounded by young Asian troops, presumably some of their Vietnamese allies the French took with them when they withdrew after Ho Chi Minh's victory. By now, Hercule was a major. More photos showed him with a very old de Gaulle, pinning the rosette of the Légion d'honneur to his chest. At the back was a much smaller photo, a print perhaps eight centimetres square of Hercule with an impressive-looking black man with a beard and in uniform, and a white man in commando camouflage with a face that was vaguely familiar. Half the history of modern France was spread out in the photos before him, some of it doubtless secret, and Bruno marvelled at the way a man such as this had been content to sit back and help him learn about truffles. He thought of the manpower it would take to go through Hercule's mounds of files and papers, looking for whatever embarrassments or secrets the state wished to guard. But there was one book he expected to see, and so far he had drawn a blank. It was Hercule's truffle journal the one Didier had been so eager to see. Bruno assumed that Hercule kept the journal with him, and it would thus be found by the police forensics team. He made a mental note to check with J.J. The drawers of the desk all seemed to be unlocked. Again, using his handkerchief on the handles, he opened them and found bills and bank statements neatly filed, but in the central drawer he saw an envelope marked Testament, and handwritten below was a note saying that the original will was filed with a notaire in Saint-Alvaire. He closed the drawer again and went back through the kitchen to the outside toilet, pushing aside the paint can he had left, when it still seemed possible that somebody might be lurking inside. He put it back where he'd found it by the shed, and went in to pee, smiling at the torn-up squares of Sud-West hanging on a nail. Hercule was old-fashioned in such matters, and it reminded Bruno of the orphanage of his youth. He was washing his hands in the kitchen sink when he heard a small noise behind him and the words, Hands up! Police! It was a female voice, and instantly familiar. 
Isabel. May I finish washing them first? he asked, trying to control the catch in his voice and the thrill in his heart. The last words she had said to him nearly three months earlier had been, I miss you. And he could remember each timbre and tone and the sound of her breath down the phone when she spoke them. It would be good to see you again, Isabel, if I may turn round. You're supposed to be armed with a shotgun and on watch, she said. And you're supposed to show me an item of identification from the Brigadier, he said, shaking the water from his hands and turning.